0: Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. Welcome to New Life. Welcome New Life Online, folks. Thanks for joining us this morning. We're glad that you're with us. You know where I come from, born and raised in the Midwest, there were snow days, and those snow days were days we look forward to, right? Those are the days that you wake up and there's A foot or two feet of snow outside and the buses can't make it and it's ice underneath and you get to stay home and everything's shut down I guess down in the valley we have just the opposite when it reaches about 113 degrees we decide we're gonna stay inside and I actually don't blame people so those of you that have told me and texted me this morning that you'll see me online thank you I'm so glad that you're with us and being faithful uh, to, to worship with us and to celebrate God's good and glorious word somebody say amen I am excited about the future of where we're headed as a church family. I am so thrilled uh, to talk to you just briefly about what's coming up um, for us as a church. In the month of August, the weekend of August the 15th, all of our gatherings will start a series. That series will last eight in, the, in, a, in a day and age where we're trying to shorten things up because of people's limited attention spans. In a day and age where we're trying to compact uh, a, a lot into a little bit of time, we're actually going to go the opposite. We're, we're taking a risk A wild risk, and we are going to do a 31-week series at New Life Church that begins on August 15th and will end at a celebratory time on Easter Sunday in 2022. You're like, man, that's a long... Yeah, come on, that's a big deal. We're going to spend 31 weeks going chronologically through God's Word, through the Bible, in what we call the story the story is an NIV Bible that you're all going to be given a copy of. And if you're joining us online and you would like to get a copy of the story, you just need to let us know and message it. i uh, put it in the, the comment section. Hey, I really want one of those. We'll connect with you our online pastor. will Pastor Brian will, and will, we'll, will will let you know how you can get one of those. We're going to give you the Bible. It has 31 chapters in it. Each, you'll read one chapter per week. It'll take you less than 10 minutes a day to read. I'm not, I'm not minimizing. You got to read it. We want you to read God's word. And this is really a 3 prong approach to discipleship this year, to this school year. So y'all got to get jazzed about this. The prong number one, you got to be in church. You got to be here every Sunday for 31, short-term commitment, 31 weeks. You got to be every Sunday for 31 weeks, number one. All right, number two, second prong of this three-prong approach is you need to read it. Every week, you got to read that book, the Bible, the 31 chapters that we're going to give you. Now, it's not the entire Bible, so don't get overwhelmed, but we're going to go chronologically through the main themes of the word of God. When I keep saying the word chronologically, the 66 books of the Bible are not put in chronological order if you didn't know that. And so we're going to feed through that together. I am so excited about you digesting God's word with me on track, on pace together. So you got to be in church and you got to read it. And then the third prong is you need to attend a group. We're starting groups up the week of the 15th. There'll be the way the group is going to work. Is it okay to go ahead and share? I'm going to share it. And this campus at the Lathrop campus, we'll meet on Monday evenings from 6, Six to seven right here in this room one hour six to seven monday evening starting august 16th i believe that's the monday how's it going to work you're going to get your bible you're going to read it for six days you're going to come to church on sunday you're going to celebrate just one nugget that you've read one story we're going to unpack it out of what you've read the previous week and then you'll come to church on monday evening right here there'll be tables you can come early we're going to encourage you to come early bring your dinner sit around the tables grab some Taco Bell or whatever you want to grab. I don't want to promote them. Grab something else whatever. But come, and, come in and just eat and enjoy. Kids are going to be coming out of Taekwondo. So a lot of you have your children in there until 530. Then bring them in here and eat your dinner. And then at six o'clock for one hour, there's a group. And that group will be a real simple format. You'll watch it be a brief welcome. You'll watch a 10-minute video that kind of summarizes what you've read through the week. And then we're going to give you questions and we're going to divide you up. It's up to the campus pastor, your pastor. How are you going to be divided up? Might be be. men, might, be, might be men and women. It might be by tables. It might be by group, whatever. We're going to divide you up and you're going to have table talk time. You need to unpack this stuff together. Iron sharpens iron. We got to get into the word of God, understand the word of God, process the word of God, let it become a part of the essence of who we are. And then we'll pray together. And in one hour, you'll be done. But we're, 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 we're challenging you to be a part of this. Three-prong approach. By the way, your children will be going through the story. Your teenagers on Tuesday nights will be going through the story. Everybody's going through the exact same thing at the exact same pace on their on their particular age level. This is going to be an incredible school year. I can't wait for it. To, well, some of you teachers, uh, maybe we'll we'll pause that just a little bit. I'll let you enjoy your summer. But but then but then th- this school year is going to be really really amazing. Everything's open. We're back again why would we not want to make this book the center of what we're focusing on it's going to be incredible you guys this is going to be great you're going to love it i'm going to love it online we want you to get involved our online meeting on wednesday nights is going to be focused on the story everything is about what's the story well we we tend to read god's word and we see it as the upper story god's word it's powerful these are great stories and interesting and fascinating and sometimes confusing but we live in the lower story this is where we live. We're gonna try to, we're gonna make sure we connect God's upper story with our lower story and that intersection is, it's a beautiful collision and we're gonna enjoy that and grow together in God's word, amen. What a great thing. I wanna give a, a quick uh, um, word of encouragement to the Gaspar family. We're so sorry for your loss and we've been praying for you and we'll continue to do so and we love you and we're just so grateful that we have the hope of heaven, amen. Amen. I went this week. I was invited many months ago uh, to be the speaker at Family Camp for the Assemblies of God. There's a big camp up in Mount Lassen. They do it every year, and a lot of people from that region go to camp, and they take their RVs or they take their families, and they get in these cabins, and they spend a week from a Saturday or from a Sunday to a, uh, I guess from a Sunday or a Monday until a, a Sunday. They asked me to speak the whole week, and I said I can't. I'm not available, but I can do a couple of nights. And so I did Wednesday and Thursday night this week. So I drove up there on Wednesday morning, and I came back on Friday uh, early afternoon. Um, But I decided, well, I'm going to take. I'm in the middle of my my doctoral studies, and so I've got to write a paper. It's about a 65 page paper. I've got to get it written by the first of October, and I I like to be ahead of the game a little bit. So I wanted to spend some time writing this. So I said, this is perfect throw everything in the truck, drive up the mountain. Um, by the way, I took pictures, it was uh, 81 degrees and they were apologizing to me up there that it was just so hot. I'm like, you guys are a bunch of wimps, right? Because this is not hot. This is freezing cold is what this is compared to what we've got. Anyway, so we're up there and I'm enjoying the weather and I just told them one condition, Gary, I would like you to make sure that I have internet. Um, in the the little speaker's cabin or whatever, I just there's a little desk. I just want internet. That's all I need so that I can get to work and I can make sure I get everything done right. And, and he's like, no problem. We'll get a router for you. Um, well, I, I I preached on Wednesday night and Thursday morning got up early and had everything set up on the desk. And I was getting ready to get to work and the internet just was flubbing out on me. It wasn't working. There was I mean it was, it was frustrating. I was just throwing things around and realized I'm whining right i'm uh, complaining i'm acting like a baby Uh, and i didn't care right because i was upset and i decided well oh no there's no air conditioning in this room so the windows have all been open and it's really close quarters that means a lot of people have been walking by and they've been hearing the speaker of the evening services throwing a hissy fit in his room and i decided it's time to take a walk so my phone wasn't really working as far as the, the thing. I left my phone in the room. Slipped on my slip-on tennis shoes, not my good ones. And uh, I, thought, I thought about it The way. I thought, should I grab a bottle? Of- no, I don't need any water. And I went for a walk. I walked down the path and there's this big meadow over here where they're shooting black powder guns as one of their activities and I decided to go the other direction, right? Because I didn't want an accident. So I, I decided, walked up the hill past these beautiful RVs and these little areas. And it was wonderful. I kept walking up the hill and the path kept getting narrower and narrow. Mount Lassen is where it's at uh, by Red Bluff and then you go about 60 miles up the mountain and then you're about, I don't know, five, 6,000 feet. I'm not sure how tall it's, but it's nice. And so I'm up in Mount Lassen, I'm climbing the mountain. And I decided as the path started getting narrower and narrower, you know what? I have, I'm pretty much a wilderness expert because I watch alone. Does anybody watch alone? I watch that. And um, also I've spent a lot of time studying Bear grills. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? So I know what I'm talking about. When I'm, I, the first thing you do is you pick up a stick. So I found a nice smooth stick and I, I'm walking with a stick, right? So I'm walking up this mountain. Every step is, a, is you know, it was a, it was a climb. It was not a path to begin with. And before long, I'm pushing, pushing little trees and different things aside because the path is disappearing. And I thought, well, this is, you gotta be smart about this, Troy. Make sure you know where you're at, right? That's what a wilderness survival does, is make sure they know where they're at at all time. Well, I'm walking up the hill, so I know that the only direction that I want to go is, is down the hill if I'm gonna go back. So I feel like I'm safe. Walk a little further, there's no path anymore at all. I'm forging, a, am blazing a trail is what I'm doing. And, um, I, but, I, but I see a stump and I'm like, well, I'll remember that tree stump. That'll be my, that'll be my guidepost to go back not even thinking about the fact there's like 17,000 tree stumps all around. But that one, I, I thought, well, I'll remember that one. And I kept on walking. I walked for about an hour um, up the hill. Okay. So it was, it was a long ways up there. And I got up there and I felt like I was at the top. I don't think it was at the top because, you know, whatever, but I'm going to say it was at the top. I, I was at the summit and um, uh, the air was very thin. It was probably 14,000. I'm just kidding. See, That would make the story a whole lot better. I, I didn't tell the truth just now. Those of you watching online, I was just kidding. I got to the top of this this mountain area, and I, I found a clearance, and I, I thought, this is perfect. I'll just praise the Lord. So I just began to sing, and I began to pray, pray outrageous prayers that we're going to talk about. I began to pray and, and sing, and just, I could just belt it out, and nobody was going to stare at me awkwardly like because I can't sing very well, and it was wonderful. But what I do is when I'm praising God, is I'll just talk and turn, and talk and turn and I'm just habitually closing my eyes and I'll open my eyes and I'll feel the breeze and I'll kind of get lost in the sky and, and I stopped praying and I don't know it was probably, probably close to an hour later and I stopped and I realized I don't know what direction I need to go now <laughs> because it all looks exactly the same I mean I, 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 I have no idea except I remember I need to go down problem was I went up all the way up everywhere is down. Um, and so I'm not gonna get panicked because I've got all these wilderness survival skills that I've picked up by watching television <laughs> from my couch. And so I've still got my stick with me and I decide, well, what I, what I need to do is I need to, I need to, I need to walk down the hill. So I began to walk down the hill. And I mean, I'm, nothing is looking familiar. I keep telling myself, well, that's the tree stump. And I know darn well it's not. I don't know why I'm trying to tell myself this lie, but it's not the stump. So I keep on walking and I get to a certain place on the hill and I thought, well, this seems like it's getting awfully steep. So I pushed the little tree out of the way. I'm like, oh Lord, I'm sure glad I didn't come running down this hill. Because there's a 50-foot cliff, like 50 maybe, long, maybe further, I don't know, but cliff, just a cliff. And I know I didn't like climb up a cliff when I came here, so I know this is not the direction that I came from, right? So I'm like, well... Um, I'm not climbing down that because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get my arm stuck. I'm going to take my pocket knife out and cut off my arm. I've seen it on the movies. I don't want to do that, right? So I'm, I decided I'm going to have to go a different direction. So, 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 I so, so I walk around the ridge line until I can find a place where I can start going down. I thought, well, I'll figure this out. You just eventually, you're going to get to the bottom of the hill about an hour and a half later, I'm still walking and I'm, I'm, I'm walking and trying to go down and, and I'm thinking, this is, this is kind of getting crazy. Now I'm starting to get a little, I'm starting to look at the trees and go, which one has a lot of sap in it? And I can cut a hole and I can suck it out because I've seen that happen before. Bear. Anyway, I don't know. I'm, I didn't have anything with me. and I'm, I'm thinking I haven't seen an animal to kill yet with a slingshot that I can make out of a stick. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know, but I'm, I'm okay. I finally walk around this, this little brush area with trees and oh, there's some RVs. <sighs> Made it back to the RV area. So I walked down to the RV area and I, I pushed this, the stick pushes a tree over and I walked straight through and I stepped down onto this pavement, which I realized, well, the, the RV area I walked through first was gravel. This is paved. This is not the same RV place as where I was at when I came up the hill. Well, that's fascinating. And there's a bathroom building like right here. And it, it, it says State of California on it. So now I realize I'm in a state campground, right? There's a, there's a, obviously, the four, it says Forestry Department, right? So I'm, at, I'm not where I should be. You guys are very familiar with the campgrounds. So you, you probably know where, right where I was at. I had no idea. And I see this dude sitting there, kind of like, like Mark, where you're sitting. He was sitting, but he's leaning against his RV, and he looked like he was having a good time, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, he was, he was obviously... Um, a little early in the morning for him to be having such a good time, but he was having a good time. I thought, well, maybe I should go to ask this guy. I thought, no, he's probably not going to be helpful to me, right? And there's other people sitting at their RVs, and I'm like, I am so embarrassed right now because um, I don't know wh- where I'm at. And then it happened. God sent a lady out of the bathroom building who was riding a little Cushman that said Forestry Department on it, little, one of those little like, golf cart things. And I thought, I'll ask her. And do you know how when you go to talk to somebody quietly, You expect for them to respond quietly ma'am i've been hiking in the woods and i uh, i don't know where i'm at are you lost everybody's just looking at me like i'm a well you know like i'm a fool and i'm like yes yes i am i'm i'm lost and she's like where are you going i said well it's called the assemblies of god campground i couldn't remember what it was called um she's like well yeah well, you, you went a long ways. I said, okay, I would just point, point where I need to go. You know, I'm so embarrassed. You need to go that way. And I thought, well, that's what got me into trouble to begin with. So can you kind of be more specific than that way? Like, do I go over, what am I supposed to do? She's like, well, jump on. I'll take you back since you're lost. <laughs> okay, so I jumped on this Cushman. Uh, I don't I'm glad she wasn't like a serial killer right but it, but I jumped on this this Cushman and she drove me through the woods and up and around and dropped me off at the entry point to the campground was still about a half a mile walk, well a quarter mile walk back up to the thing and I got back there and uh it was a great experience what, what a fun time I mean I'm, I'm safe guys it's okay I'm fine um I enjoyed my time there and just going for a walk to decompress and to, uh, uh, to, to calm myself down got me into a place that I learned something. And I want to tell you what I learned at the end of the message. I believe that in this three-part series, the first two that I'll teach and the last one we're bringing up, the big hitter, Pastor Trini is going to come and bring this thing home, um, it's going to help you. I think this one truly, I think every message that we teach, if it comes from God, has the potential to impact your life. But I really do believe that one of these three messages over the next three weeks has the potential to be what I'm going to call an anchor message in your life. An anchor message where you hear from God and it impacts you on such a level that the trajectory of your life is actually impacted. And we're calling this Outrageous Prayers. The The title of the, the series is Outrageous Prayers. And so we're going to start praying three new prayers. When, when I put this together, I went and had to talk with Pastor Trin, and I'm, I'm like, um, man, I, there's so many. We could have like 10 or 12 or 15 of these, because they're all throughout the Bible, these outrageous prayers that the men and women of God prayed. But I only want to really focus on three of those. These aren't easy prayers. These are not safe prayers. These aren't benign prayers we're calling them outrageous prayers because really the prayers that we pray oftentimes are just way too safe so i want to arm you with some not so safe prayers they're going to take you out of your comfort zone and i think they're pretty outrageous so let's start with outrageous prayer number one today open your bibles to psalm 139 psalm 139 please In this psalm, um, David prayed this. Really, this is an angry psalm. If you read the whole psalm, um, David was, was unhappy. He was frustrated. He was angry. So if you're dealing with anger issues, this is a good prayer for you to, for you to use, uh, for you to pray and to unpack. Um, his enemies were on the attack. David was accused of having wrong motives. You ever been accused of something that um, you can't prove? Yes, and they can't prove no, but, but I mean, it, you're being accused of it nonetheless. And so David, instead of saying, no, that's not true, and defending himself, David went to the Lord, and he prayed this outrageous prayer. And here it is, Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. What I'd like to do is I'd like to just say this together. So whether you're at home or, or right here alive in person, would you, would, you, would you say it with me? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is an outrageous prayer for David to pray. And so what I want to do is I want to break this prayer down into four kind of sub parts, four parts. And we're going we're to gonna kind of talk through each of these, and we're going to arm you and equip you to make this prayer a regular part of your prayer life. So here we go. The first one is, search my heart. That's what David is saying. He's saying very directly in verse, number tw- in verse 23, he's saying, search me, God, and know my heart. That, that's an outrageous prayer search me God and know my heart know the depths of my being know every dark crevice of my heart search me God and know my heart it's an outrageous prayer why because y'all don't have a good heart and I do not have a good heart nobody has a good heart it says in Jeremiah seventeen nine: the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it Hmm. We need to understand that without Jesus, our heart is not very good. We don't have a good heart. What we do is we have a deceptive heart. We deceive other people. Sounds like I'm indicting you. It's just speaking the truth. And we deceive ourselves. Survey. How many of you are liars? Raise your hand. Um, Those of you that have your hand up, just pause for a minute and just look around, see who's lying Um, because we're we're all liars. We're all liars. It might not be that we're lying to other people. We might be dog-determined and disciplined to not lie. But one of the ways that we lie, the most common lie, is the lie that we tell to ourselves. And it might be a lie that is overly positive or a lie that is overly negative, but the heart is deceitful. We deceive ourselves. We don't even know how bad we are. And I don't want to beat you down. I just want you to know that when we pray this prayer, search my heart, it's outrageous. It's, it's can be, it can be courageous. Um, we lie to ourselves. I'm only going to have one. I'm, I'm not full of pride. I can't help it if I'm better than they are. I, I don't lust. I just appreciate a, a, a be- beautiful physique or figure. I'm not materialistic. I just like nice things. I'm not a gossip, I just like to share prayer requests with people, okay? The heart is deceitful above all things, and when you pray, really pray, God, search my heart. I give you permission, not that you couldn't, not that you aren't, but I'm inviting you in. You are the perfect gentleman, and you're waiting for an invitation, so I invite you in to search my heart. It's an outrageous prayer, because what God's going to do is he's going to show you things in your heart that are not pure not because God is cruel, not because he wants you to feel bad or because he wants you to feel guilty. He's going to show you those things because he wants to bring you into deeper intimacy with his Holy Spirit as he transforms us to be conformed into the image of Christ. So it says, man, search my heart. And then he says the second part, number two, reveal my fears. This is a tough one. When you pray this prayer, he says in verse 23 Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. What makes you anxious in your life? What makes you afraid? I'm not talking about snakes and spiders and things like that, but what internally makes you afraid or anxious? What is it that grips you with fear? What makes you anxious? Are you afraid of losing your job or your security? Are you afraid of not being married by such and such age? Are you afraid of continuing to be married but being miserable in your marriage are you afraid of the future afraid of the unknown are are you afraid of failing are you afraid of loss what if i lose somebody or something that's so valuable and so important to me why does it matter because here's what we know what we fear the most reveals where we trust god the least what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. If I'm scared to death my marriage isn't gonna work, then I haven't committed my marriage to God. I'm not trusting him with it. It doesn't mean you don't do the work and get the help, but, but, but you've gotta make sure that the, the, the umbrella over it is, is God being trusted with my marriage. If I'm afraid I'm not gonna be, be able to pay the bills, then I'm not trusting Jehovah Jireh, I'm not trusting the Lord God my provider. If I'm, not, if I'm afraid I, my children, I can't keep my children safe, oh then I'm not trusting my children to God because they are his kids more than they're yours. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. People will push back on that, but it doesn't change it from being true. When you recognize your fears, and we've talked about this so many times here at New Life, when you recognize your fears and you bring them out of the darkness of your heart and into, Uh, the marvelous light of God and His mercy and His grace and His love. Maybe it's something you've not been willing to acknowledge for years, and you pray the prayer and and reveal it to me. Tell me, where where, where are my fears at, God? And, And it's pointed out to you. God's Word then begins to speak to the root of the problem, not the problem itself this week at the, the services at camp you know it, it's um you're not confined by time and people's expectations when you when you preach a, a camp like that you know you preach for as long as you want to, and then the altar call lasts for as long as you want to, and then you sit around, and um, as a pastor, I'm just not going to be the last one to go because people have so many questions they want to be prayed for and talked to, you know, and oftentimes it's easier to talk to somebody that's a total stranger uh, than it is to talk to somebody that you know, and, and so I'm listening to all of these stories, and because we're live online, I wouldn't dare repeat any of them, but there's, there's, there's so many questions and as people have questions and really what they're seeking is they're seeking the counsel and they really want the counsel of the Holy Spirit. They want the counsel of God's word is there, the problem that they see is not the problem they have. It's the same with you. The problem you see is not the problem you have. There is a, The tree that you see is not the, not the issue. It's, it's the, the roots underneath. It brings stability and brings nourishment and sustenance to the tree. What's the root of the problem? And we can become so blind, so unwilling to talk about what the root is because we're so concerned about the problem. And and we got to deal with the problem. And so what happens when you do that, um, you you discover this anchor moment in your life. And you're like, oh, okay, God, Um, I've revealed my fears to you. And now you've helped me to understand that now I can move forward in my calling. I can take the next step in my faith. And what happened was it was an outrageous prayer that you prayed that helped reveal your deepest fears. Search my heart. Reveal my fears. You know what? Let's just pause. Hit the pause button. We're going to ask you to take just a, a few seconds, not very long at all, but to pray that prayer. Just the first two parts of the four parts. Search my heart. And reveal my fears. I don't care if you're a teenager or you're a senior saint or anywhere in between. Married, single, divorced, widowed. Wherever you're at in your life, pray that right now. God, search my heart and reveal my fears. Just wait. Just listen. What am I afraid of? What's making me anxious? Maybe I don't even know it. Show me, God. What is it? Am I afraid of losing control? Am I afraid of not having enough? Am I afraid of looking bad? What am I afraid of? Am I afraid of messing up my kids? What am I afraid of? Search my heart. Reveal to me my fears. And number three, I love how David prays this and I'm summarizing, it's uncover my sins. That takes courage. I mean, that's outrageous. When you're saying to God, uncover my sins. I mean, I know them already, but I'd really like you to point them out to me. You're saying, uncover the sins that may be known to me, may be unknown to me. Uncover the sins that I'm aware of or the ones that I press down so deeply that I, I, I just don't even want to face it. He's, he prays this. He says, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting in other words show me god anything about my life that isn't consistent with your truth show me anything that i'm doing god that is displeasing to you i really want to know Man, this is a prayer that I pray regularly in my life. Show me, if there be any wicked way about me, God, reveal it to me, show me. I wanna stand upright and pure and true before you. you. When you live like that and walk like that, when the enemy comes in and begins to whisper accusations in your ear, it's easy to defend yourself then because you're constantly asking God to reveal to you, show me, uncover my sins. You ever noticed that we, we tend to accuse others and excuse ourselves, <laughs> don't we? It's easy to accuse others of their sins. and see, Man, I could tell you all the things that you all do wrong, but I have a really hard time figuring out what I'm doing. Does it make sense? You can do the same. So we excuse ourselves, but we accuse others. The heart is deceitful above all things. The most common lies that we tell are the lies that we tell to ourselves. That's why it takes so much courage to pray. Search my heart, God. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. This can be a game-changing prayer. Imagine if you were to leave your Bible open for the next week to Psalm, uh, to Psalm 139, and you left it open, and you laid it on your pillow. And so before you go to bed, you, you okay, it's there. I'm going to read it. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Troy said, what am I afraid of? Show me those fears, God, and see if there's any offensive way in me. Is there anything, God, point it out to me. Here's here's the deal. He will. Lead lead me in the way of everlasting. It takes courage to pray this prayer. It can be game-changing. And when you give God permission to point out sins that are dwelling inside your heart, listen, it, it's a big deal. It'll take you to the next level in your, in your walk with God. And I'll give you, give you some help with this. I'm going to give you three questions that you can ask yourself to help you uncover your sins, to help you with uh, self-awareness. Okay, three questions that will help you with this. Number one, what are others trying to tell me? What are other people trying to tell you? In other words, if you've had, I don't know, three or four people come and tell you something, hey, dude, listen, you need to understand. I think you've got a problem with this. Hey, friend, I think you need to know this is an issue in your life. I'm a little bit concerned about you in this area. If somebody has come and done, what are others trying to tell you? If if somebody's done that, the common denominator, well, is you. So pay attention to that. That's, That's an indicator that maybe a sin needs to be uncovered in your life. That's question number one. Question number two, what have I been... Rationalizing in my life. What have I been? What have you rationalized? In other words, yeah, this might not be like right, but it's not that big of a deal. It's it's just how I deal with things. It's it's who I am. It's how I cope. It it's nobody's business. I'm not hurting anybody. Come on, this is my one thing, really. You're gonna push me in this one thing area. I'm gonna quit, I can do it anytime I want to. It's not that big of a deal. What have you been rationalizing? What have others been trying to tell you? What have you been rationalizing? Third question that you could ask yourself is, where am I most defensive? In other words, where do I say, we're not going there. We're not having that discussion. We're not talking about that. How dare you judge me? I don't have a problem with that. Dude, back off, right? I told you, we're not talking about that. Where am I the most defensive? These are three great questions. I'm gonna review them one more time. What are others trying to tell me, number one? Number two, where where have I been rationalizing? What, 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 What am I rationalizing in my life? And number three, where am I the most defensive? When you process through those questions, it's like a funnel. It takes you down to, oh, this is the sin that needs to be uncovered in my life that I've either been denying or I've been unaware of. But it doesn't, it doesn't make it go away. It, I, I've got to focus. God is uncovering this. God doesn't just speak, listen to me. He doesn't just speak to you. God speaks to you in ways like this. Others are trying to talk to you. And man, i have been a little defensive. I've been rationalizing this here. Okay. I need to bring all these things together and say, okay, God, uncover my sins. Show me if there be any wicked way about me. Show me if there's any offensive way in me. What have I done to offend you, mighty God? When you have the courage to pray this prayer, see if there's any offensive way in me. I'm going to make you a promise. God will point it out. (laughs) He will tell you. You don't have to wonder, well, maybe he's just not gonna tell me. Oh, he'll he'll tell you. And the likely, likely there are gonna be things that you've been trying to explain away for a long time. And here's the wonderful thing. God, show me if there'd be any wicked way about me, any offensive way in me. And then God tells you something. And then you're like trying to defend yourself and rationalize it. Well, you can't do that with God. You can never win a debate with God. You can't argue with God, you can't excuse, you can't dismiss. You can't justify. You can't do that with God. God wins, right? And he wants you to win. And the key to this is he's not against you. He's for you. He will point out some things that you've been trying to maybe deny. So what should you do when he does? Because he will. Well, there's only really one option for followers of Jesus. You submit. You submit to Christ. You submit to what he's trying to tell you to do. You have the courage with God's help, to bring it out of the darkness. He just pointed it out to you, and you bring it into the light. How do I do that? By confessing it, by calling it what it is, calling a spade a spade, saying it, Yes, I've been looking inappropriately at people that I shouldn't be looking at. Yes, I've been too angry and judgmental against uh, people that I work with or my family or whatever it is. Um, Yes, I've been too materialistic. I've been too focused on the things of this world, not focused on the things that matter for eternity. Now, he's going to point it out to you, whatever it is might be multiple things, but you confess it. You know there's two types of confession, right? Confess, number one, is confession of your sins. Um, and we know First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So um, we confess our sins to God, but there's also the confession to other people. The confession, confessing our sins to God is for forgiveness. Confessing our sins to other people is for healing. And there's, a, there's a difference. You bring it out of the darkness into the light with God. That can be kind of easy because nobody was skin on nose. But when you bring it out of the darkness into the light and you confess it to somebody that you, you trust, I'm not talking about standing up on, a, on your desk at work and saying, I don't no, do that. But talk to somebody in, in the church family. James five sixteen confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed is what it says. This is why being a part of a church family is so vital because we come together as the community of God and we say, I need help, I I need help. Would you hold me accountable? How do you do that? You go to group. On Monday night, starting on the 16th, you go to group. One of the things that's gonna happen in the group is this. I'm gonna tell you this up front, you're gonna know this. At the end of each gathering of, of that one hour, you're gonna be partnered up with somebody. Uh, somebody may be at your table and um, you're going to exchange cell phone numbers and you two during that week are going to hold each other accountable by texting each other or calling each other. It doesn't have to be a long amount of time but you're gonna, and you're not going to do one of these yahoo things. Hey dude, I'm just checking on you. i have been reading the Bible uh, like we said we would, you know, the, that chapter, you'd been reading the pages every day like you said you would. Well, you know, it's been really busy and then been tough and a long day at work and the commute was crazy. I'm just, Oh man, dude, you're going to hell. Like, you are such a bad Christian. Like, number one, that's a polar wrong way, right? The other one is, dude, you've been reading the Bible. You know, it's been really, really hard. Life's been tough. The community's been horrible. You know, work's been a- atrocious. And, dude, I get it. It's okay. No worries. We'll catch you next week. That's polar the opposite direction. You can't excuse it. You can't hurt somebody. But you've got to find that in the middle ground. Come on, man. We made a commitment. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to text you every morning at 7:30 cuz I know that's when you're getting ready for work or whatever time you decide. And I know you can take 5 minutes and you can read just a little bit. I'm going to hold you accountable, and you hold me accountable. Iron Sharpens Iron. We're going to get through this thing together cuz we're going to consume God's word. We're going to be doers, not just hearers of the word of God, but we got to have it in us if we're going to be able to give it out to somebody else. Are you on board with me? Yeah, bro, I am. All right, good. That's helping each other, holding each other accountable. Everybody understand? Yes. And y'all know that your pastor can't do that for you every day you got to hold each other that's why we need the the family of God would you pray for me man we need people to pray one for another you know God's showing me something that's what the church is about let's talk about that tell me what God's showing you and I'll tell you what God's showing me and it's a beautiful thing when it comes together what happens is we realize you know I don't know why we one of the main reasons why I felt like we need to start a church because I just don't like church people very much. Um, and I'm, I'm not coming against them. I just don't like this hierarchy approach to church that says, well, that person is holy and they wouldn't understand what I'm really going through. You know what that is? That's deception is what that is. You think, brother and sister Jones, are, are you kidding me? And as the pastor, I could never connect those dots and say, you don't know what I know about them. They're not good at all, right? And you're not good either. And by the way, I'm not good. Um, I can't do that because I can't break confidence. But, it, uh, but brother and sister Jones should have said you don't know what you don't know we're crackpots just like the rest of you we're struggling to get through life we're, we're we're discouraged sometimes and we're frustrated but greater is he and if you want to talk about that he i'll talk to you about that but that's what gets us through do you see how that works and helps that's being honest but when you let somebody think that you're that's just that's wrong and we're not that way at New Life, right? We all know that we're a bunch of crap pots, right? We're all tr- trying to get through this life thing together. And that's why being part of the church family is so important. You can show your imperfections to one another. And you're not judged. That's why I want you to come to group. When you do it, when you confess it, when you get it out, what does it point to? It always points to your need for Jesus Christ. It points to your need for his grace. It points to your need... Uh, to to more clearly understand your identity in Christ, who I am in Jesus. So if you have a struggle with addiction, you're like, I'm addicted. I won't admit it, but I'm addicted. Listen, you need his power to help you overcome whatever addiction it is. I'm I'm full of pride. I struggle to admit it, but you need his power to help you become more humble and more dependent upon him. You've got a lust issue and it's getting out of control. You need his truth to renew your mind and to transform your heart. I'm materialistic. I'm finding that I'm loving things of this world and all I'm thinking about what motivates me and what, what I focus on are those materialistic things, you need a, a, a greater understanding that this world is not your home. This is a, a temporary shelter for us, right? We're, we're just kind of passing through it. Heaven is our home. Whatever he shows you, it always points directly to your need for Jesus. That's, that's why this is an outrageous prayer. It takes courage to pray it because when you pray it, probably going to reveal something you're not proud of. That's okay. There's always grace. Grace is always greater than Always grace, search my heart, reveal my fears, uncover my sins, and then he closes with this, lead me, lead me. Verse 24, lead me. Um, It says, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, after you've dug deep into my heart, God, after I've invited you and given you permission, when you show me what I don't like about myself very much, When you show me what I need to change now, lead me into the way everlasting. It takes courage to pray that prayer. Search me, God. You've got permission, God, to dig deep into the depths of my deceitful heart and show me. God, test me, reveal to me, what am I afraid of? What are my anxious thoughts? What am I nervous about? Show me the very places that I fear the most because that's gonna reveal to me where I trust you the least. And then after that, see if there's any offensive way in me. I'm not gonna point a finger at somebody else. When you show me the offensive way in me, the sin in my life, God, I'm gonna let you reveal to me what I need to hear. But now that you've told me, I ask you to lead me, direct my steps, help me to stay on track. Man, when you pray this prayer, it's outrageous. When you pray this prayer, it's going to show your need. It's going to take you directly to Jesus, and he is going to meet the need, and he's going to conform you into his image. It's an outrageous prayer, but it will transform your life. So I'm hiking, and I'm, I'm walking up there, and I realize, hmm, well, I should have, I should have marked my steps, I should have, instead of referring to a tree stump, I should have picked up a few rocks and a stick that was there and and put them on top and stuck the stick up from the, it would have been a little more obvious. I should have, when I was praying at the top, I should have, before I closed my eyes and began twirling around like a ballerina, I probably should have drawn an arrow on the ground so I know which direction I was facing. That would have made sense. I should have, I mean, I could have broken a branch here or there like some people do. I would have never seen the broken branch, but I could have marked my steps somewhere, right? That's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. They were trying to follow God, but they bumped into the Jordan River that was in flood stage. God wanted them to go across. They couldn't find a way across, so he stopped flood stage rivers, (laughs) couple miles upstream, and they walked across on dry ground. Before God sent the water come back down, can you imagine? That was like, had to be a lake upstream, right? Uh, just, it, it just was flood stage. Um, and, and God says, I want you to erect 12 stones and, and stack them up so that when the water comes back and when the day comes that you're wondering and wavering and curious in your faith, how am I going to make it? You will be able to look back on that as a, as, a, as a benchmark, as an and an identifier as, as something that's an anchor point in your life. And know that God did it before and God will do it again. I should have put some anchor points along the journey so that when I did get lost, and it was pretty much expected I was going to, but when I did get lost, I could look back on those anchor points and know, know where to go. Lead me in the way everlasting. Let God lead you in the way everlasting. Let's put that back up again on the screen, Psalm 139 again. I would like you to just let me pray this over you as you pray this in your heart right now. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would do a work in us. And God, I thank you that there are people, at least a few people, that this will become an anchor message for them. That God, if they start to pray this and seek you, then I know you're going to show them something in their life that, God, you're going to transform. You're going to lead them in the way that takes them out of bondage and brings them into life God, that you plan for them. And I thank you, God. I thank you. God, they're going to have the courage to ask for help. And God, I thank you that we all have the courage to pray, search us, God. And we trust you to reveal whatever is in us, God, whatever it is that you need to change.